0: I was reading an interesting article the other day about how Amazon, which, if you're going to shop for the season, how many of you shop on Amazon and it's easy and they ship to your house? I love Amazon, yeah. Prime, Prime, I like that. But uh, it's not an advertising. But uh, Amazon, I don't know if you know this, but if you're an ebook subscriber, if you get ebooks, you like to read, um, people will highlight those things. And Amazon will actually come up with the top things or words or statements or sentences that people highlight and so they have all the top books that, you know, they've done through, whether it's Hunger Games back in the day or Harry Potter. And I know you guys, uh, you, this is the second Harry Potter reference in two weeks. And some of you are going, oh, my goodness, our pastor is definitely going crazy because I had the the wand last week. Yes. And by the way, that was not my wand. I just want to clarify that. Do not email me. That was somebody else's wand. And uh, I had borrowed it. But uh, so you had uh, Hunger Games, Harry Potter. Um, they have different books and highlights but what's really interesting they they decided they would highlight also uh the bible what what verses are highlighted the most? Now, if you think through it, what verses would you think of? I I think of, of course, John 3.16. How many of you think about that verse, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. It's a beautiful promise of scripture. It's the gospel all wrapped up into one. You may have, if you're new to the church, you're new to Christ, you may have seen the guy with the multicolored hair holding a sign said JHN 3.16. You thought somebody was supposed to call him at 3.16 or something. That's actually a verse in the Bible, but that's it. John 3:16. So God so loved the world, but that's not the one. Maybe you thought it was Psalm 23. Yeah, that's a very popular one, right? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. I mean, the Lord is a shepherd. He loves us. Oh man, that could be it. No, that's not it. No, it's not it. Or maybe you thought it was just the Lord's Prayer. You know, that typical, oh man, you know, uh, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You know, maybe that was most highlighted. No, it wasn't that either. In fact, it's a verse that I have shared a lot, but maybe would not come to your head that quickly. And it's Philippians, check it out. It's Philippians chapter four, verse six and seven. Isn't that interesting? In a world full of worry and chaos and everything that's going on, Here's the verse that Amazon said is highlighted the most in the Bible. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Yeah, it's this verse which I love how God put it on Paul's heart. The Holy Spirit led him to write this because God knew that we would be anxious. He knew we would have worries. He knew that there was going to be problems in our life. And he says, hey, I've got the prescription. Here's what you do in everything by prayer and supplication, simply crying out to God, but give him thanks, because I guarantee you giving him thanks will change your perspective on where you're at in your problem. Let your request be known to God, and God will give you a peace that man doesn't understand. That he will give you a peace that will help guard your heart and your mind because what will happen in your mind, you start to think things and you start to believe things and you start to go places that you shouldn't go. And you know, we don't capture those thoughts and put it to the obedience of Christ because man, it's, we haven't maybe prayed, we haven't talked to God. And so there's, for me, this, this scripture is so important because what it truly says to you and I is that God cares about you, that He cares about you in a way that He wants to have a relationship with you. It's not just, oh, okay, I, I, I want to, you know, you to come to church and have worship and do this and then leave. No, no, no. God wants you In his presence every day. He wants you to have a relationship with him. He wants you to be able to talk to him. And pray. And and do these things. And you know. Relationships are so important. They're so key. Aren't they not? Like building friendships. It takes effort. There was a study that Dr. Jeffrey Hall did at the University of Kansas. And he did a study that talked about how do you go from not knowing somebody to a casual friend and then a casual friend to a friend and then a, a friend to a really good friend. Well, check it out. It takes you 40 to 60 hours to just form a casual friendship. It'll take you another 80 to 100 to go from a casual friend to a friend. You have to invest 160 to 200 hours to go from a friend a friend to a really good friend or a best friend. Can I just say that God wants to have a relationship with you? It's going to take a little effort on our part. You got to invest. And part of that is, it's not have to, but I, I get to. Do you understand that? It's the God of the universe who's created everything, who's provided us with everything that we have. Somebody, I love that praise report that God gave me breath that I woke up today. You know, I love that because you're saying, hey, I, uh, I'm so thankful, Lord, for you and just what you've given me. And here is this opportunity where we get to talk to, about God and we get to talk to him on a daily basis. You know, we've been talking about conversations with Jesus. That's been our series title. But last week, we went to prayer tips from Jesus, part one. Today is prayer tips from Jesus, part two, because prayer... Which is simply talking to God, and we're going to talk about that in a second, is, is truly an important part of building those hours in that relationship, just as it would in a good marriage. But do you? I know for some of you, it's awkward. You, you, right now, you're going, yeah, but do I have to talk out loud? Do you remember the first time you maybe prayed out loud, how awkward, by yourself? And you 're probably thinking maybe I'm, maybe I 'm in my room or I 'm in the car wherever it may be, and you begin to talk, and it becomes this sort of i don 't know what to say i 'm not sure how to say it I don 't know how to do it i 'm not sure if I'm saying the right words. Is there a magic formula for me to pray? Uh, no, it's building a relationship with God, and the more you get to know him, the more you're going to want to talk to him, and the more you talk to him, the more you're going to want to tell him what's going on in your life because if you look back at Philippians chapter four what what it says is that, hey, you know what? Don't don't be anxious about anything. I know you're going to have a lot of worries. You got exams. You got uh, family problems. You got relationship problems. You got all these things. But you know what? Let your request be made known to God. Let Him hear it. Let Him know about it. Talk to him and build the relationship. And so today, we're going to be talking about these next prayer tips from Jesus. Last week, as I mentioned, was part one. And remember, Jesus told the parable. He was. It was the parable where he contrasted really the wicked, unjust ruler, the judge, with the loving, caring God of the universe. And so we, the widow, would go to him over and over and over, and and finally he relented. And it's not that we are trying to get God to do what we want, but in fact what we're doing is we're going to God and saying, Lord, your will be done. But man, you care about me. You love me. You care about what's going on in my life. And so today, we're going into a different parable. And this one, I'll just give you a little background, is, is again a contrast. It's a contrast between somebody who approaches God with self-righteousness versus somebody who comes with just an open heart. And what Jesus gives us the story of and what we're going to get is that, man, I, I, I want to I learn from this. somebody. I don't, I don't want to be uh, as this person. I want to come to the Lord and build the relationship with Him because I truly believe that He wants to hear from you and me. Now, it's in Luke chapter 18 that where we're at. Luke chapter 18. Check it out with me, if you would, in Luke 18, and I'm going to read through just a portion of uh, where we're at today. Uh, Verse 9, we're going to start it up. Also, he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. So in other words, Jesus always has a purpose behind his parables. You know, the parables were these illustrations, these stories that he would tell in order for people to get a picture of spiritual lessons. So there's always a purpose behind the parable. So he says, hey, I'm going to speak this for those who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Because can I just say just a little background that your relationship with God is not going to be based on your good works, your good deeds, how much you give, what you do, how much you read, how much you pray. That's not based on that. Our relationship with God is based on how good Jesus was as he died on a cross. And when you put your faith and trust in him, you're forgiven of your sins. And now I get to have a relationship with God, not based on my own merit, but based on what he did for me on the cross. That, that's, that's, that's pretty freeing, is it not? Like, like we can celebrate that for sure, right? Like we can celebrate that, man, I don't have to earn it because every belief system out there wants you to earn it. But Jesus said, no, 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 it is finished. That's why he said that on the cross. It's finished. It's done. There's no other way. And then Jesus tells the parable, two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee. And that, that was a guy, an expert in the law, and wanted people to live according to the way he did on the outward. He was very, man, I'm doing everything by the book, but he was a legalist, if you would, and, and he, he, he lived to really make sure others knew that he was as good as he was, if you would. He stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And then stop. Wait, so what was the first thing? He, he prayed thus with himself. It's really a weird statement, right? I mean, I just got done telling you that prayer is really talking to God. You're talking to him. But Jesus points out that this guy is praying thus to himself. So in other words, even though he says, God, there's not really a relationship there. He hasn't built it because if you notice, the whole prayer is not about what I need or Lord, here's what's going on in my life. It's all about what I've accomplished. And so what you and I, first and foremost, for me too, if I I want my, listen, my relationship to grow, I want it to grow. The first thought for you and I is this. Our relationship will grow with real talk. It's real talk. Like we... Get away from all the religious jargon. Get away from trying to impress people. I remember, man, when I was a single guy in New York City and we had all these people, we'd get together for prayer meetings. And I've told you this story before, but we'd be around praying. And and, uh, man, I'd, I'd be in a circle. And I was a young believer. I was very young in the Lord. But I wanted to make sure I impressed people on my Christianity. You ever been there? Because my prayer would really be significant and powerful. And so I'd be praying. And I wasn't really even listening to amen with people, as much as I was listening, okay, when's my turn, what am I going to say, oh, I got a really good one that I'm going to pray, and then somebody else would say that same prayer, and I'd go, oh, man, I can't believe it, instead of being like, praise God, Lord, you're moving in this place, I'm upset, because they just stole my prayer, which I knew would impress that girl that was still holding the hand of this other guy over here, as we're circled up, because I was single at the time, and I'm thinking, oh, what is going? on i can't because why because there's something about us that we want to prove our christianity or our spirituality or our religious as opposed to just saying lord jesus it's all about you and let me tell you what's on my heart real talk is man lord i i gotta tell you this is what's happening in my life here's the problems that we have lord i just lost my job I, lord i don't like my job I, I love my job god can you help me be better at it i you know what, Lord, can you help our business even be more successful? It's, it's, it's crying out to him. It's not just even with the problems. It's with the great things. You know, God's not there just for problems. He's there for the, the praise as well. And we get to talk to him about praise and prayer. That's why we like to do praise and prayer. Because, man, so many times we forget to thank God, don't we? We forget to thank him for the little things. Like, I love that, that somebody said, hey, it's my breath. I just want to thank God that I woke up today with my breath. Because you're thinking, Lord, I want to just give you thanks. And so we're at that place where we can build the relationship and we can talk to him about whatever it may be. And I want you to look at this verse, if you would. It's Psalm chapter 3, okay? Psalm chapter 3, David wrote this. This is uh, actually when his son Absalom, crazy story, was basically chasing him down and coming after him. After betrayal and all these things that were going down. And so David, he says, Lord, how they've increased who trouble me. Many are they who rise up against me. Many are they who say of me, There is no help for him in God. Selah, but you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory, and the one who lifts up my head. I cried to the Lord with my voice, and he heard from his holy hill. Can you just say, come, stay back there real quick? I cried to the Lord with my voice, and He heard me from His holy hill. Can I just say to you that God hears your prayer? You cried to the Lord with your voice. He's going to hear your prayer, okay? You may think, oh man, I'm just speaking into air. I'm just, uh, who am I talking to? God hears your cry. This is a relationship that David has built over many years. A shepherd boy, you know, seeing God intervene and helping him defeat a lion and a bear. You see him rise up to be a king. And so here he is, Lord, I cried to you. I'm still crying to you in the midst of it. In the next verse, it moves on and it says this in, in verse five. It goes on after he says, he heard from me. I lay down in sleep. I awoke for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of 10,000s of people who have set themselves against me all around. Rise, O Lord, save me, O my God. For you have struck all my enemies on the cheekbone. You've broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing is upon your people. Yeah, it's that it's it's realness, right? David's real. Uh, it's real talk. Even Bono, the uh, U2's lead singer, you know, he, he went through a terrible accident in his life. He had uh, all sorts of broken bones, 18 pins, started losing his voice, had all sorts of difficulty. And, and, and he was interviewed in Rolling Stone Magazine and he said this. He said this. He said, I read the Psalms of David all the time. They're amazing. He's the first bluesman shouting at God. Why did this happen to me? But there's honesty in that too. I love that because it's so true. Because when you look at David, when you look at his life, so, and how does that even work with us? Well, because David was just a man like you and I, that person like you and I. And so what we can do is we can come to God and say, God, hey, I I want to tell you what's going on in my heart. Let me give you the real scoop. Let me tell you the real talk. Let me not Fake it. Let me not try to impress other people, but let me try to just connect with you. And as you build that relationship, you guys, I believe that 1 Peter 5, 7 will come alive to you. And this is that verse, casting all your care upon him because he cares for you. He cares for you. You begin to understand that God cares for you. He loves you. He cares for you. And that when you come into prayer, what you're doing is you're casting all your cares upon him, your anxieties, your worries, your difficulties, the troubles, the trials, whatever it may be. Lord, I'm going to cast it all upon you because I know you care for me. Never doubt that. If that's a promise for you today, you should write that down on an index card. You should keep it. You should live it. You should say, Lord, I'm going to cast all my cares upon you. That's what real talk will happen. The next part. Check it out. Go back to Luke, if you would, the next part of Luke chapter 18. And we're going to look at, again, a verse we just read. So he, the Pharisee, stood and prayed, verse 11, thus with himself, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I love that. I love, I, I think this guy's voice, it's almost, you know, he has to be something just sinister almost. God, I, I thank you that I'm not like other men extortioners unjust adulterers and even as this tax collector i mean the crazy part is right they go to they go to they would go to the temple twice a day nine and three o'clock so they would go to temple so everybody's going Okay, and then he says, oh, I fast twice a week. Do you know why they fast twice a week? Because Mondays and Thursdays, those were the days. It wasn't because the Old Testament scriptures told them you got to fast. It's because Mondays and Thursdays were the market days. And that's the busiest time to be out there. And then you'd walk around fasting with solemn faces. What's the matter? What happened? Your puppy dog died? No, I'm fasting before the Lord. You know, It's like, let me prove my spirituality to you. No, that's not real. No, 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 it's not real at all. It's not about what we've done. It's not about the... Listen, all these things are right. Can I just say that? All these things are great. Like, hey... You know what? I'm not an unjust. I don't want to be an adulterer. I don't, I don't want to be somebody that's wicked. A tax collector. What's the big deal about tax collectors? Tax collectors were like the traitors of the Israelites. You know, they basically were somebody, a lot of times from the own tribe, that would get hired by the Romans and they would say, okay, here's the tax. You collect that. And then they would add usury, or they'd add a little, you know, vic to the top of it, and they'd say, hey, uh, you know, I'm going to go ahead and collect. Even though it's a $1,000, i am going to take 2000 from you, so you pay me 2000 so the people hated him. They were despised. They were rejected. And so this guy's pointing them out. Can you imagine? They're all in the temple. He's standing. He's getting as close as he can before the Holy of Holies, right? He's standing. And he lists his accomplishments. I, I, I. List his accomplishments. I give tithes. Nothing wrong. That's part of your worship, you know, to give to the Lord. It's part of your relationship with him. That's right. It's right to do that. That's what the Bible teaches. I fast twice a week. There's nothing wrong with fasting. It's, it's a good thing. I just don't want other people to make a big deal of it. I don't want to make a big deal of it so other people see me fasting. Jesus even said that. But but look, it's this, that, that this guy believed. And here's what's so crazy. This little parable turned upside down the feeling of what everybody believed that you had to be like because Jesus just calls it out like it is and says... No, the one that was justified is actually this tax collector who humbles himself. You're going to see in a second. And so for them, listen to this parable. They're like, what? Why? Because for prayer, you guys, for us to build a relationship, our prayers. Listen, the second thought is this. Our prayer, it, 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 our relationship grows when we depend on his righteousness and on our, not on our right works. On his righteousness. Like I'm made clean because of what Jesus did. I'm not made clean because I give this or I fast here or I read this or I pray there. But I want to do those things. I want to be right but not because I want to earn it that way. Do you understand? That I'm made righteous not because of anything I do. Listen, everybody's a sinner here. I hate to tell you, if you thought you weren't, join the club. This is the Sinners Club. We meet here on Sundays at 10.30. And so, and so we have the opportunity to come here together. But, but why? Well, because we know there's a Savior who's given his life up for us, that he sacrificed his life, that we could be forgiven of our sins. You don't earn or deserve salvation. It's not earned or deserved. You can't earn it. You, can't, you don't deserve it. But God, in his great grace, blesses us with salvation through his son, Jesus. And yet, we look and we say, all right, I, I want, Lord, that. Well, how do I get that? 2 Corinthians 5.21. Take this as a note. Write it down. Look it up in your Bible. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. So Jesus had no sin, and Jesus walked this earth, and Jesus lived a life. He was in all points tempted, as you and I are, but yet was without sin. And what happened? He made Him. The Father made Jesus who knew no sin to become sin for us. So all of our sin, all your stuff, all of my stuff, everything, let's just all pile it together in one trash heap and we place it on Jesus upon the cross. You see, that is when the righteousness of God is is really that we might become the righteousness of God because now he's taken our sin and he's transferred it over to Jesus. You see, if you listed all your sins so right now, some of you are going, man, I'm not even that bad of a sinner. I'm not that, you know, tough. Uh, it, 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 it's not that bad. But yet, if you, if you just sinned a couple times a day, if you live until you're 75, man, that's going to be a lot of sins when you kind of add it up, right? And then when you get to heaven, it's like, well, what do I do? Well, God said, well, I had my son. He paid the price for all those sins because I love you. But the, the, the second verse is this. Check it out. Philippians chapter 3. The apostle Paul writes it this way. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. It's by grace you've been saved through faith. That's the righteousness we get. Last night, I... I had an opportunity to hang out with some wonderful people. I did a I did a wedding last night, and it was it was a beautiful time, a ceremony, and in a restaurant that was super loud. And so we were having uh, conversations afterwards with some new friends, and uh, really here in the heart of of getting to the point, it was like God opened an opportunity where man. I, so are you certain uh, that you will have eternal life and how can you be certain and if you were to really if today god forbid would be your last day and you were standing before god and he said to you hey why should i let you into my heaven what would you tell him and so there wasn't certainty there wasn't surety but most of the time what will happen is somebody will say man i believe those things but here's my problem i don't have that certainty because but i think i'm good enough but i think i've done this and i think i've had all this and i think i'm better than like a lot of people and maybe that's what you've grown up with you you but you got to wash all that away because jesus that's why he died not because that we could earn it because that becomes this legalistic trip that i've got to get to a place where i earn my salvation you and i will never earn it jesus is Paid the price so that we could, in fact, have a relationship with the living and loving God. There is nothing greater than that truth. And I want to encourage you that you don't have to do something to get to heaven. It's already been done for you. All you have to really have faith in Jesus. And forgiveness comes through him. And it has nothing to do with, let me line up my I, 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 I. And obviously, Jesus lets this guy be sort of the example of, man, I want to make sure I let everybody know how spiritual I am. And then, check out the heart, though. And this is obviously who you and I kind of want to be like, right? The tax collector, verse 13 This guy who is outsider, who is, you know, not loved by people. He's here in the temple with all the religious people. He's there. You may feel like an outsider in here. Maybe you came in here and you feel like I shouldn't even be in this church because you know what, I do stuff and there's stuff I've done and I don't even even belong here. I felt like that in places. I remember the first time when I came into a church setting after I had been living a crazy life. Now granted, I grew up in a church, but I went to the church. I felt like this is not where I belong. Part of the reason was I thought people were lifting up their hands. I thought, man, this is a bunch of fruitcakes in here. I don't know what's going on. I didn't understand it all. And then God just began to strip away the the blinders from my eyes and showed me to Greg, you've really never known me. These people have a relationship with you, but you've never known me because that's them worshiping me. And I was so convicted to the core. I went in there with judgment and the scales of judgment came off. And here, this tax collector, he goes in, not with judgment, but he's standing afar off. Key word, Greek word. He's a distance away. He doesn't even feel the, the worth to, to get close to the presence of God, if you will. And he says, he would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. So he's beating his breast over and over and over. He's like, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And it was that, 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 that way that that culture would exclaim their their heartbreak and their hurt and their anguish and their repentance and so i want to be like that guy and jesus says in verse 14 i tell you this man went down to his house justified rather than the other and that's when i'm sure the people in the audience gasp like what i thought that that guy fasted i thought because he did that i thought because he did that how could a tax collector all of a sudden be justified how could he be the one that god would love i don't get it for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. And so Jesus, for me and you, I say it this way, that our relationship grows when we seek forgiveness. Like when we seek forgiveness, when you really truly, like it's not just become, well, I said, I said a prayer and I accepted Jesus, but that it's still a daily routine in our lives that we go, Lord, I... I you know, here's my heart. I want to come before you. I don't want to take for granted that, Lord, you are a, a merciful, loving God. And I want to come before you. You're my father. You're my, sure, he's your savior. He's your friend. He saved you. But man, I want to come, Lord, and just pour out my heart because real transparency is so important when you build a relationship, is it not? Uh, Gabby and I, we've been married a year today, as some of you heard. And so uh, we, we definitely thank you so much. Yeah, that was a cheap line of getting applause. There you go. So I should pull out like a present right now. Like, here, Gabby, I have this for you in front of everybody. That would have been awesome. I should have thought of that. Bummer. Okay, all right. Next year, nah, won't count. Two years doesn't count. So anyway, so, so but here I am, man, uh, for a year... Imagine if Gabby and I didn't really be transparent with each other. Listen, I can tell her anything. She can tell me anything. We're not afraid to communicate those truths and cry together and talk and laugh together. And and, and that's how we built this relationship even in the first year. And we want to continue to build upon that because as many of you know, her husband and wife, man, it's so important, right? But it's so important to have forgiveness in marriage, isn't it? Because it's so easy to keep that book of wrongs, right? Right? Like you can you can pull that puppy out like well let's see back in two thousand and thirteen I remember when you did this. But I thought you forgave me. Oh I forgave you then. But you just did something that brought that back to life. Resurrected that in the name of Jesus. <laughs> it's like, what happened, dude? What happened to the forgiveness? Oh no, you just did something wrong. You're not gonna no 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 no. And yet we can do it it's so easy because and listen, and some of you are going, You're such a puppy, one year in marriage, you don't know anything. Yeah, I know, I know. I was married twenty-two years, so I could beat some of you guys up. <laughs> but the idea is this it's the it's the quality of that forgiveness that I have with the Lord that I want to present to other people. You know, just as Christ forgave me, man, I want to forgive other people. It's so key. And and yet, I think what happens is we forget how great God is. In Psalm eight, this is the thought, right? When I look at the night sky and see the work of Your fingers, the moon and the stars You set in place, what are mere mortals that You should think about them? Human beings that You should care for them? Or when I think about who You are, like who? Like seriously, have you ever just gone out to the night sky and just looked at the heavens and you realize? Wow, Lord, do I really, am I able to have real talk with you? Can I be really transparent with you? I mean, you hear my, you say in your word, you hear my cry. That's what you have to have truth in. You got to believe that God is hearing you. Listen, it's this verse. It's Isaiah chapter 66, verse two. And for some of you, this is something you should highlight in your Bible. For all those things, my hand is made. This is God speaking. And those things that exist, says the Lord. But on this one will I look, on him who is poor and of a contrite spirit and who trembles at my word. Somebody who's just, Lord, I'm the, I'm the tax collector beating my chest. God, forgive me. Like we want to have forgiveness. I want my wife to forgive me. If I go to her, man, I'm really sorry. I don't want her to pull out the book, you know. We want to be able to go to God. God, God, this is what you love. I'm, I'm here. And he does. He's willing to forgive. He's not a God that maybe the world is propped up. You know, I was, I was reading this article about um, there's a app and it's, uh, what was the name of it? It's called uh, Pocket God. There's an app and you can go on there and you create like your own little, you have your own little warfare against this island and basically you throw lava rocks and you become your own God. But basically everything's about destruction of people. There's no like giving of life. So it's almost like, oh, Okay, so basically this whole app has a, of unbelievable wrong understanding of who God is, His love, His grace, His mercy, His joy, that He wants to do something great in your life. No, no, no. And that's what the world would tell you. God just wants to destroy you. He wants to throw lava on you. He wants to do something crazy. But Jeremiah twenty nine eleven tells us something completely different. That He's got plans for you to prosper and not to harm you. That, that you, you, you constantly can think, oh man, I, I think God is against me. But that's not the god that i serve in the bible that's not who it is that's not what it's all about psalm eighteen six says this in my distress i called upon the lord and cried out to my god he heard my voice from his temple and my cry came before him even to his ears it's building a relationship you cry out and you ask him lord Here's what's going on in my life. And if there's stuff to be forgiven, God, forgive me and help me to walk away from that. It, it, it's that... Here's what, here's what I believe can happen. You can sense or feel that, man, I just keep doing the same stupid thing over, so I'm tired of going to God and telling Him, Lord, please forgive me. But you know what? What did we just read in Isaiah? That He loves the poor and contrite. That's what He wants. He wants us to be contrite before Him. Now, do I want to keep on doing the same thing over and over and over? No, I don't. But you know what? I've got to ask Him for the power to be able to walk in His strength and His mercy and His grace. And it doesn't... God's not up there and going, no, I'm blocking them out. No, I'm unfriending them because they have totally dissed me you know like they don't he never takes you off his friend's list i'm going to tell you right now he will never block you you have an open communication to the god of the universe is that not great news and you and I, we can go to him on a daily basis. But it has to be work. It takes time. It's like, man, all right, Lord, here's what's going on. I want to cry out to you. But we live in such a chaotic, busy world that, man, sometimes it drowns out the bigness of our God that we can go to him with anything at any moment at any time. And that prayer would be something that we trust him with and speak to him real and just act, act like, wow, Lord, you know what? you're. You are you are going to help me. You you can forgive me. You do hear me. You do hear my cry. God loves you. John 3:16, right? That verse that Amazon did not highlight. <laughs> John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he would give his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. That's how much he loves you. Do you not think that he loves you? enough to hear everything that's going on in your life he gave his son jesus to die on a cross so that our sin would be placed upon him so that we could have a relationship with him and i believe that god wants you and i to draw into a relationship with him as james said you draw near to me i'll draw he'll he'll draw draw near to god he'll draw near to you and how can we do that Oh, man, I mean, practically, like, how do we do that? I, man, I think it's just, make it a habit in your life. Just try it, try it, practice it this week, right? Lord, I'm going to talk to you out loud. I'm going to actually talk to you. I'm gonna, if I'm driving down the road, I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to act like I'm on my phone. I'm just going to talk to you. If people think I'm crazy, so be it, you know? But I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to just start telling you everything. Who do you tell everything to? Let God be a part of that conversation. Let him work in your life. He loves you. That's why he let his son die on a cross for you. That's why he gave his life up for you so that you and I could have this incredible life with him. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for your love. I thank you, Jesus, for just how you sacrificed your life for us. I thank you, Lord, that you have a purpose and plan for each person in this place. And Lord, I pray that each one here would come to know a relationship with you. Lord, that they would come to understand like who you are, God, that that you care about them, that it's not about what I have to do, that I have to earn it, but it's already about what you've done. And so Jesus, I pray you would help us all to get real with you, to, to speak out, to yell out, to cry out, to become people that really seek you with everything we got. Lord, I pray for our church that, you would help us not to hold it in, but to let it out. Lord, That because you care, because you love us so much that you would give us Jesus to die in our place. So God, we lift up even our prayer life. God, may you help us to increase and to believe that you're a God who hears and loves and can provide anything exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think we thank you in jesus name we pray amen Amen.